podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Raw, The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over 18s only as it may contain adult content and explicit language. So this week, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the IBF king. I keep calling you that, Sonny Edwards. How are you, mate? Well, it's the second time you've called me that today, so yeah, it's a nice feeling. It's a bit strong, though, to call you IBF king, isn't it? Or is it? No, that's probably right, isn't it? I think that's the the only way I should be addressed at, at the moment, to be honest. Um, I can't think of a more fitting way to put it. Okay, I'll keep referring to that. Um, Sonny, um, I wanted to get you on this because I had a, a mental hit list in my head of people I wanted to get onto this podcast. And I felt like we do hear a lot of, from you, but I wanted to kind of delve into you a little bit deeper, if that's possible. We know you kind of bear your social media soul on social media, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that... Possibly hasn't been tapped into, so you ready for this? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've seen the little trailer, and uh, yeah, it looks good. It looks whatever whatever questions you're going to ask, I'm looking forward to. <clears throat> okay, well, we're going to start quite easy uh, into this. Um, what do you remember as being your first memory of boxing? Very first memory, probably earliest Knockout Kings, 2002. Um punch bags for Christmas, like before we even thought about going uh, to a boxing gym, Rocky films, I think there was like a period of time where clearly we was trying to get like groomed, I guess, I don't know a better word, into bo- into wanting to be a boxer, like when I think about it, like yeah, um, from, from my sister, from my dad, yeah, just like little things like that, I guess. Do you remember the first fight you ever went to? Professional amateur. Either or something that sticks out. I know the first professional, I remember that one. That wasn't my first show, but the first professional was, was it Richard Williams, for who who had been out at Ellsfield versus Howard Eastman at York Hall. That was, that was the first pro fight I'd ever been to. And I think amateurs would probably have been maybe my brother's first fight, um, which was like a dinner show, maybe, or... Maybe one of the other lads before that, because we probably did go to another show before. We've been to like a gym show as well. Yeah, actually, my first ever boxing show, I think, was a gym show. A uh, gym show, me and my brother boxed, wasn't it? I think that would be it. Now, now I'm thinking about it, <coughs> if that counts. It all counts. Um, do you remember the first fighter that you kind of remember seeing and took notice of? Like, I keep saying that for me, it was always Prince and Seam Hamid, the, the person that kind of made me started even watching boxing in the first place, but do you remember the first fight that you kind of took notice of that not probably inspired you into doing what you are, but just the first one as a child you remember watching? Um, I think with me, because I was kind of like a boxer before, I was really like a fan of boxing, if that makes sense. Like Outside of the fighters and the games and, and like the Rocky films, I hadn't watched all too much outside of amateur boxing, I guess. Um, the early names I can remember, like, quite quite looking up to, Bradley Skeet, he was in, like, the senior ABA finals when I was having my first fight in the same club. Um, another one, actually, funny, that, like, I idolised at one point, like, as, like, a 13, 14-year-old kid was Andrew Selby. Um, and at that time, when I really did rate him at, like, the highest I rated him, he boxed and beat my brother um, in a close fight. So that was, I guess, a mixed range of emotions. I think I was about 14, 15 at the time, but... Yeah, uh, Rogondo as well, um, from the early Olympics. I was always, I used to always glued to the Olympics every every time they come round as a kid. So I was kind of gutted that I never made it there. But um, 
yeah, I guess them three really. Um, and it, even outside of that, uh, uh, Aaron Khan, uh, who, who who was a uh, a senior, he was Sid Khan, the Oldsfield head coach. Um, his son, and for whatever reason, his style, his attitude, his approach to boxing, that was quite close to me, even though. I was only a 10, 11-year-old kid, and he was, like, 17, 18. It was a good, like, squad, that squad, and, yeah, I looked up to him a lot as well. That's mad, because some of the people I speak to and I ask them about this question, they kind of give really, not cliche answers, but ones that you'd almost expect with some of the, like, the big legends in the game. But, I mean, two of them fighters there have kind of been an active while... I've started doing what I'm doing and I'm thinking, yeah, like Bradley, who just retired recently, yeah. um, these guys are kind of the first people that, or the first kind of boxers that you took notice of. Yeah, but I think it's because more with me, like I'm always obsessed with what I'm involved in, like, because I'm so competitive. When I was an amateur boxer, that's all I cared about. I knew all the amateurs from schoolboys to seniors. I knew all the internationals, like the Olympics come around, like I said, Commonwealth, so I'd sit there and pretty much watch every session, top to bottom. But like when I was in that sort of stage of my career, pro boxing only started becoming a thing really for me. Like the odd fights and, and, and that I'd watch and obviously it was boxing. But I remember the first time I really started wanting to sit down and watch pro boxing. I think it's like exciting more than amateur to me was I think Carl Froch, um Beauty was like one of the ones like I remember as like a 14 year old kid. I was, at, I was away for boxing for England. We sat and watched that, and I was like, yeah. And then I started watching it a lot more. Like, actually, like, picking up the storylines rather than just the odd fighters. Apart from that, it was always, like, who was in my eyesight. Like, the, even, like, the kids my age, like, I'd rate really highly, like, to this day. People like Peter McGraw, Dalton Smith, like, whoever was the best in front of me, if that makes sense. Because mm. I guess that's what I was probably more overexposed to. And where, I like I said, I come through as a, a boxing protege, I guess, um... Yeah, so it's just more amateurs. Bit of a fantasy question now. Um, I'll make the rules of this up every every week. But um, Sonny Edwards' fight club. So if I was to give you two different fight club situations, one for in the ring. So basically, just think of it as a tag team, a five-on-five five tag team, right? So in the ring rules. So if I was to say Sonny Edwards plus four people to make up a an all-five star cast, if you like... Who does Sonny Edwards pick for in the ring rules? In the ring rules, yeah. Um, and weight don't really matter. Like we're just doing sort of No, and it doesn't have to be know. boxers. It can be literally anyone. In the ring rules. In the ring rules, okay. Um, I'm going to go first. Myself, obviously, captain. Yeah. Um, want to put that one out there clear. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go for some cliche ones. I think I want to win, so I want to go for some winners. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Uzik. I think I think up there with one of the best we've got technically. Um, the rhythm he can fight at as a cruiserweight and heavyweight is, you know, it, phenomenal in my opinion. Um, number two, I'm gonna go Nui. Nui, I'm gonna go. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a Nui. Number three. I'm gonna pick Terence Crawford. Number three, I'm gonna pick Terence Crawford. And does that leave me with two more? Oh. One more in it because I was number one myself when I. So um. No, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Bam Rodriguez. I'm gonna pick Bam yeah. Rodriguez in my team. Yeah, yeah. He's a good fighter, man. Interesting that you're picking. A potential future opponent in that in that team. Well, I mean, there was maybe a couple of potential opponents in that. Yeah, actually, true, true, true. So, like, my rivalry and my <clears throat> want to fight won't be lessened by the fact that I think he's a good fighter. If anything, that'll make me want to fight him more. Um, I do really rate him. I rate how much sort of level of maturity he's showing at such a young age. I think. He's right where he won't be down flyweights, super flyweights for long. I think he will end up featherweights. I think he's got the size, the structure. Um, and yeah, I think he'll win titles all for him. But I think he'll just lose one against me. That's an acceptable comment. So your your ring team would be yourself, Anue, Usyk, Terence Crawford and Bam Rodriguez. It's quite strong. Right, here's the interesting one now. 
Sonny Edwards' five-man or woman street team. Street rules, but you can only use your fists. I've got to point that out. And I also want to point out that we're not promoting any kind of street violence whatsoever. This is a fantasy question. Um, top five, yeah, including me. Yeah. So that's one, me, obviously. Um, number two... I'm gonna go Julius Francis. Um, I think I don't need to say too much in terms to why he's a very solid option to have by a side. Um, number so number three in the team. I'm gonna go for Pat Barrett. I think that's a fantastic one. Um, I think you know, I think his reputation probably precedes itself. We'll leave it there. Um, yeah, I'll go with Pat. Number four. Number four, I'll go with. Number four, I'll go with. Uncle Brian. And for those who don't know, Uncle Brian is that's um, Dalton's granddad. Yeah, okay. yeah, back in his heyday, I think if we could pull out a prime Brian Smith, I think, I think we're laughing. I think we don't think we need the fifth. I mean. Well, there's an obvious one from who trains up here. Oh, of, oh don't worry. That, well, well, there is an obvious one that you haven't picked. Uh, I've got one more person. Go on. And, and I've said this off camera. I told, I told you who I was coming for. There is, and, and I should have picked him first, really. Um, because he would be, if it, if it was a two-man team, I'd pick him, I think. Um, the Albanian King Florian Marku, 100% would be going on my team. When I say... He is probably the toughest man I've ever met in my life. Like, I genuinely believe it. Like, there's a video of him from his uh, MMA days. He hits someone with a right hand and he dislocates his thumb. His thumb pops out for the next, like, round or something before he gets the win. Every single time his hand's on the canvas when he's, like, laying on top of this geezer, he's hammering, hammering and hammering down his thumb trying to get it back into place while still hitting him and that. Yeah, that's the, he's, he's the sort of person I'd want in a... In a war with me, definitely in the trenches, hundred percent. Florian Marku, he'd be my, he'd be, he'd be my go-to. I'll be very real. Okay, so let's just get this clear. Street fight yourself, Pat Barrett, Julius Francis, Brian Smith, a peak Brian Smith. Not even. I reckon. I reckon. I reckon. I don't know. Seriously, seriously. Uh, even even the seventy-year-old Brian Smith can still have it. Definitely. And Florian Marco. Well, I think the other team would go on. To be fair, definitely. You don't. You don't want to cross a dark alleyway against us boys, do you? That's how firm and off that is, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay. Um, what do you think you'd be doing if you wasn't in the industry of boxing? And I don't mean specifically as a fighter. I mean if you wasn't, if boxing wasn't in your life, what do you think you'd be doing today? Do you know, I don't really know Krugan, if I'm honest, because, like I said, I started boxing when I was nine. I've never done anything else. So I've kind of been a career boxer. I've kind of built for purpose at this point. Um, I did have interest. I come out of school quite well. Um, at one point, my backup plan was PE teacher. I reckon I would have filled that. Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah, I reckon I would have been able to be a PE teacher. But maybe that, but then I don't know. I don't know. Um... Yeah, probably. Maybe an entrepreneur, like a little devil boy, you know, wheeling and dealing, hustling and bustling. You know what I mean? But there, there was no other industry, like, outside of even sport that you kind of, you could have gone down the route of if you hadn't kind of got into the field that you are? No, probably. I've got, like, A-levels in English, history, PE. I've got GCSEs and everything. Like, I, like I'm not a stupid kid. Like, I could have definitely found something, but the way I am, I don't, I don't think I ever took anything more like, I'll, I'll be doing that. Like, I knew I was good. I knew I was talented from 13, 14, 15. I knew I was going to get on GB eventually. Then I knew I was going to go pro. Then when I was pro, I knew I was going to be world champion. They weren't. Like, I didn't doubt that too much Um, from young. So, I, didn't, I never really entertained the idea of needing to do anything. And lucky for me, like, my timings of, and money and when things started coming in, GB, uni, then pro. And, like, it's always just sort of fitted right where... You know, since eighteen, I've been a pretty much a boxer. I've not, I've not done anything else, and you know, I've not had no one looking after me, sending me big checks and that. So, 
No, 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 you know what I mean? It's, yeah. What, what was you doing at uni? I was doing sports studies for two years, but in the second year, I never, I never went. I was on GB and I was there Monday to Thursday and I didn't have no lectures on Friday, so I, I, I physically couldn't go. Um, not that I went all too much when I could go, but, um, yeah, it kind of just... And being a, a, a coach for a year for the nursery at Still City, I did that for a year when I come back as a pro and that made me realise I could never work with kids. Never, ever, ever work with kids, especially not in like a professional environment. Like in a boxing gym is great, you can just make them do like a thousand press ups and stuff, you know what I mean? If they be a cheeky, but you can't do that in a school so yeah, that kinda of deaded my, my backup plan so I just really had to make sure boxing worked out. What was that your backup plan then to do that kind of thing? Yeah, like like be a teacher. Like that was kind of my backup plan if Never fell through, but then I kind of cancelled it, I'll be real. And I was doing good with boxing. I've, I've always done quite well, and I believed in myself. And with me, I can exist on very little next to nothing. I can strip it back to bare basics. So when I did leave uni for the first year, I was living in a, a, a shared accommodation, like, that weren't even really fit for renting. Like, it wasn't, it was like, a, it was £190 a month, and it was like an old retired care home. Like, it was a madness. Like, I don't know many people that would have left Marbella to go there to be a pro boxer, but for me, it wasn't a thing. Like, I always had the vision. I knew what I was going to do. Like, there's even if my career turns left and I start losing it, it goes all tits up, I'll still be boxing. I like boxing. Like, there's nothing else I like doing. Like, it's like, sparring is the best thing I do of the week, every week. So. Do you remember the first ever fight you got into outside of the ring or argument like serious like an altercation or some sort of whether it's a fight or an argument do you remember the first one that was of any significance for you to remember about yeah like there's the, there's a few that I can remember like I, I, I weren't like fighting my whole childhood I'll be real like for the most part it was pretty much contained because I was a boxer like I knew how to handle myself and I was busy doing boxing I weren't really out there causing trouble too much. Um, but yeah, do you mean as like a kid? Do you mean as an adult? As far back as your memory will take you. Um, I got a couple, what, like a couple of quick. Right. One, I remember school playground, 10 or 11. It weren't really a fight. It wasn't, I just started boxing at this, this time, so it was a bit out of order, but no one knew. And my dad told me, don't tell anyone at school that you're a boxer. Because they might not be small as well, but... If you tell someone they don't really like it, they'll, they'll try and have you out. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what he was telling me anyway. So didn't tell anyone. Um, and I remember it was my friend as well, like my, my good friend. And it was over football. I'm very competitive. And he stopped the game because it was his ball. said saying, can I think he threw the ball at my face? So I just hit him. And he started crying. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And that was, that was the fight over. Um, but the, you know, the, 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 the worst one, yeah. And if you see this, I apologise. I'm not going to name no names, in it? But he's going to there. There was a lot of witnesses, you know what I mean? So, Facebook days, um, early Facebook days. I again a friend of mine, like, I was friends with his dad and, like, he's staring There's at a trait here, by the way. No, nah, no, but it, like, no, nah, no, nah, but that was when I was young and that was my fault. This one wasn't my fault, and I'll explain the whole story. This wasn't my fault, yeah. So, like, on a dumb back and forth where there must have been probably more to it on Facebook or something, um, we had a little argument, but the next day was, like, half term. And everyone was going to Power League, right? You know, like the football five aside. But there was about 15, 20 of us. Um, but obviously, there was a lot of mouth that was spoken, especially from him as well, because he was my mate. Like, he never spoke to me like that before, do you know what I mean? And even from then, you can't really. So I've always got something to say back. Um, must have been about 13, 14, 15, maybe 14 max. Um, and I, and I, I come, I'd arrived late. I was about 45 minutes late. I'd been doing something, yeah. And as I'm, I get on, obviously it was all a bit, because he was already there, and there's about 15 lads, all our friends as well, like, outside meeting to play football. And as I'm doing my shoelace, yeah, he walks over, and he said something to me, yeah, and I didn't even look at him, and I was still doing my lace, and I went, one sec, I'll do with you in a second, yeah, just like being dead cheeky. And <laughs> you know what he did, yeah, he kneed me. Do you know, whilst I'm down there doing my laces, yeah, he's kneed me on the side of my jaw, and I had jaw problems for time, yeah, and I, and I always rooted it back to this because, honestly, he cracked me in the side of my jaw and it went numb straight away. 
but at that moment, yeah, he kind of like ignited something in me because now it was on was on the floor. I kind of got off him straight away, made him stand up, yeah, and for about fifteen minutes, yeah, I was picking single shots like every like thirty seconds, but I weren't doing any more than that, yeah. But I was just busting him up for a long period of time, like just single shots, and he he couldn't even fight back. Like he did, like I'm, I'm a boxer at this point. I've been boxing for like five six years. Like that had I was like national finalist and you know what I mean like I'm a, I'm a good fighter and I was a little fat kid at this point so I, I weren't boxing from what I can remember at this point so that's probably a bit more weight but <laughs> but I did bust him up something quite bad um at one point he got a football kick to his head as well that was a bit of a violation um and yeah it was only that fourteen it was only kid stuff but like yeah I did take it a bit too far um and then yeah he put some tissue in his nose and we went all went McDonald's after with his face all bust up. We both, we both went. <laughs> you better have paid. Not for him. Now, nowadays I would, because I've got it like that Googling, but back then I didn't. We were, we were scrimping and saving back then. But then, yeah, about a week later, two weeks later, he was, he was a friend again of mine. But that really did hurt when he need me in the like, jaw. I don't think I ever told anyone that as well. Like, that, like he actually nailed me at the first. Cause it fucking hurt. But that made me proper like, want to like, batter him after that. Because <laughs> as I'm battering him, my jaw's still hurting. Yeah, and then yeah, I won't I won't go in um to any more stories that I can remember because you know they might get us in some legal disputes. Fair enough. We're not we're not uh trying to encourage legal disputes here on uh on this podcast. Um, when when's the last time or when was the time that you felt that you were you were fighting a losing battle? You can interpret that however you want. Um. Losing battle, um, probably only with women, you know. So like once they're starting to slip through the net when you've been fucking about for too long, then you start like you're, when you're running uphill, and then I just kind of just, yeah. That probably 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 that's the only thing I can think of recently because certainly hasn't been in a boxing ring any time I can remember. Even any time I've lost, I don't think I've lost ever. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There, there's nothing that's happened in your life where. You're you're a fighter, so you. It's in your genes to fight for things, whether it's to do with boxing or not. But there's nothing happened. Why were you knocking there? Oh, the dogs up. No, I mean, sorry, I wonder what you were doing then. I'll be quiet. But there was nothing that you felt that, despite you fighting for that, it's not quite happening. It's still a losing battle. Nah, not really. I do. I, like, I kind of. So far, I've achieved a lot of the things I've set out to. Um, and if not, I'm making good progress. I don't think there's ever been something I'm completely stumped at in this life. I think everything's achievable. If someone else has done it, someone else can. Um, yeah, yeah, probably that. Like, I don't, I don't know what else. I don't know. I, don't, I, I physically couldn't think. Maybe you could give me some like, pointers, but I don't know. Losing battle now. Nah, nah. We don't lose battles, we win them. What 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 are the everyday battles in your life though, Sonny Edwards, outside of boxing? What are the everyday things that you you feel like mentally you have to deal with? Um, the Twitter trolls. They just they just it just really gets me down sometimes. Well, that's self inflicted surely, isn't it? Sometimes I can't leave the house for days at a time because we're gonna get real bad. <laughs> real bad. Um Ah, it's just the same as everyone else. I've got, you know, personal hygiene, um, getting up, getting to the gym, um, making sure my kids are nice, making sure I'm spending time with them, making memories of them, um, making sure their mum's nice because she's raising them as well, um, making sure my family's nice, making sure my people's nice. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know, I don't have too much, like, massive stress factors, but who doesn't have things in their life? Balancing personal relationships, balancing, I don't know, making sure the dogs don't shit on the floor and, yeah, there's everything in between. Changing shitty nappies, cleaning up fucking pissy bed sheets in the morning. These are all physical things, though, but in your head, are you not dealing with battles in your head then? You don't really, you don't really conquer that kind of situation daily in your brain? I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a struggle for me to wake up. I don't think it's a struggle for me to go to sleep. Um, I'm kind of happy with my, where my life's at. Obviously, I'm not happy every single minute of every single day. 
Um, sometimes I think I'm a boring person. Sometimes I wonder if I spend too many days inside the house and not do nothing. Sometimes I think I'm wasting periods of my life, but then that same, that it's just in a different mindset. I think this helps me be a good boxer, that I can just go four weeks and train and come home and sit in the house all day until the next. So, yeah, I don't know, not really. Um, probably but, not but was there a time in your life where you were you were faced with kind of everyday battles before you were in this kind of mindset of how you are now? You said you're happy now, but was there a time where you was facing that kind of things in your head every day? Um, I guess I don't, I don't try to deep it all too much. I feel like, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where you're just going to have to get on with it. I don't think necessarily, like, I'm the type of person that would dwell on, on things, things that have happened, even, like, bad things, even, like, drastic things, like, I try to just keep it, keep it moving, keep it positive, because life is 90% your mindset and 10% what actually happens to you, in my opinion, I think. As long as you can somehow find a joke or somehow find a punchline or the silver lining or the slight different perspective you may now have, if you can just somehow do that, you can kind of get through most things, I think. The sun will just go down and come back up the next day. And everyone else won't really care more about themselves or what's going on with them than they do you. So it's, even if it's something you feel shame, it's not going to be that long. Um, I had things, I don't know, that maybe changed and altered me growing up. I think my parents breaking up and the sort of family home being a bit distorted. And then me having sort of like four years of my dad and like four years of my mum. And when I was with one, I kind of wasn't with the other. I don't know, maybe I went in myself a bit. I was kind of under the impression that my voice didn't all too much matter and if I had something that was on my mind to just sort of keep it to myself and get on with it from a young age, I didn't really have, in my eyes, I probably did much more than I realised, but I didn't feel like I had the the safe space to be too vulnerable at a young age. And that sounds quite mad, but from about 11, I was very... I was very emotional. I was I was I was a very teary kid up to about the age of eleven. I'd I'd be quite crying. I was a mummy's boy, and then I guess when they broke up and my mum left the house and I was with my dad. I don't know. It kind of just I kind of like I said went in myself. I just I mean I didn't really share all too much, and maybe I guess I kind of kept that. That's why I was really bothering me. I'm gonna go for it in a minute. I'm waiting to time it, but yeah, I guess I just <clears throat> I carried that on. Even now, um, I began through maybe some shit, and you know, I mean, I don't feel the need to to burden that on everyone else. I feel like I just get on with it. I just like I'm good for the most part. I'm good when there's little things I can I can get over them. Do you know what I mean? If anything, I'm probably the one that will be more there for someone else. I think, um, typically. Is that how you deal with situations? Oh, the Sonny Edwards doing some commentary here, trying to catch a fly. Did you get it? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Um, is that how you deal with things? Cheeky fly, that in it. What? Proper cheeky fly, but just keeps coming over and fucking off. I've got sp- fly spray in over him. It's making me want to go get it. This is the first fly that's appeared on this podcast, by the way. It's just just one, like just just one in it. Just one coming back on and off. But go on. Um, I'm going to ignore him now. But is that how you deal with stuff kind of away from away from the ring? Is that how you deal with stuff that you just feel that it's almost like just, right, how do we sort it, get on with it and just do it? That's your that's your mindset. Yeah. Um, I feel like I always kind of just sort it out and then start telling people, like, they might find out after, they might not. Um, like, I can't be open. If like, people ask, like... I don't know, I guess maybe I'll put across and maybe I am just that way that people don't really feel the need to check in on me on like a, oh, is everything okay, sort of level, because every time they see me, I'm good, you know what I mean? I'm smiling 90% of the time and I find a lot to be happy with. I've got two beautiful children. I've got, uh, so far, a very successful career. I've got great friends and people around me. Um, I've got a family that love me and are proud of me. Like, I don't know, it's, that's good. 
<laughs> it's good to hear. No, it's good to hear something positive because, but sometimes again, you said that people don't feel like they need to check on you because of the fact that you are happy. And you're saying that you are happy and everything's kind of to your to your knowledge, everything's fine. But that doesn't always tell the the complete picture. Is that fair from an outside perspective that we see someone if you are always deemed to be happy and deemed to be okay that it's not always the case but you're saying for you that if you are if you don't if you look to be like that you are that yeah um but at the same time there probably is moments there probably is times when perhaps you know it's moments before you get somewhere moments after you get somewhere you're not in the best of moods or something's on your mind but i'm very good at sort of out of sight and out of mind and i'm great at that <laughs> you know i'm I'm fantastic at forgetting things like, especially like short term things. Um, so yeah, I guess I don't know. You'll see me, and like I said, I don't. I don't typically dwell on things. Like I don't obsess over one thing. I don't fixate on one thing. So yeah, there might be periods of time that life's not the best, and there might be times where I don't really want to speak to people too much. There might be times where you know people close to me might feel the distance in me. I think that's probably what what. It, gets to they might be tired I just go in myself but that's because I'm so used to dealing with my range of emotions like that then like it's hard to not be like that and I know it's hard for some people because in them times it might push them away and I've had to deal with that and I've had to deal with the sort of I guess consequences or repercussions of that however you want to put it um but I understand like I don't expect anyone to accept me I don't expect anyone to wait around for me to figure out what's getting on with me in it. So it's fine. People come and go in it, and if they stay around, they stay around. What well, what causes do you do you believe are worth fighting for? What what does Sonny Edwards look at in the world that goes on? It could be anything that you think kind of are worth your time to even like talk about or mention or kind of bring to people's attention. What what is that? that kind of ticks that box for you? I mean, I think everyone should have their core principles, their values, their their sort of like moral compass. I think if you don't and you just sort of rely on external factors to tell you what's right, what's wrong, um, what you should and shouldn't be doing, I just think it's crazy in my eyes. I think um, the humans and, and our history is far more complicated than that. Um, yeah, I just think that, you know, everyone in their own way is just trying to get by on it. Like, I just don't think that... I don't try and... I, I, don't, I just try and keep my peace and not try and take away from other people's, isn't it, if I'm honest. Like, I've got this mad thing where... And it might be kind of a tangent, but... If I'm coming into someone's life, the only thing I want to do to it is add to it. I, I, like, like, and whether that's friends, whether that's... Dating partners, whatever, however you want to put it, family. Like, I don't want to take away. Like, I'm, I'm conscious about not clipping people's wings or, you know, trying to make them just be running around following me. Like, I'm, um, like, I want to, I want everyone to be the most extreme version of themselves. So then we'll actually know if we get on. You know what I mean? If we can actually be around each other, if we're supposed to be doing this. Um, apart from that, I don't overthink it too much. I wake up, go sleep. I don't like. I don't have them things really that typically just burn my head. And if they do, I kind of try and get rid of them out of my day to day. I think if if you don't do that, I think you're miles off. I don't get people that live in a life and exist in a life that they're generally not that happy or around things that make them consistently not. Like if that's the case, just cut that straight. You don't owe anyone anything nothing like you could be in love with someone for 20 years and wake up one day and, and not want to be with them no more and you don't owe anyone anything in my opinion and I might sound selfish but at the same time on the flip side if I was the person I would want to know if someone didn't want to be with me or if that was the case you know what I mean or whatever the the relationship or the dynamic may be tell me about a time that you felt that you were fighting back tears <laughs> Why did you laugh at that? Um, um, because I can't. I can't tell you the most recent one. Again. For what reason? 
You don't have to tell me, but you've got to tell me why you can't tell me. <laughs> I really don't want to. Um, you haven't got to tell me the most recent one. Okay, okay, okay. For that one, it's just a legal reason, isn't it? Okay. Um, 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 fighting back tears. Nah, but you know what? Let me be very vulnerable. Let me let me be very open. You know, I'm gonna share something with you that might put me in a very negative light. Yeah, but this is the last time that I can really think. And I, I probably about fighting back tears. I think I did cry. I did cry. Um, day Bobby was born, my second son. Right, and now unfortunately, even though it was against something that I promised myself I'd never do previously at a young age, when I found out about the second child. I want, you know, perhaps in a massive rush to, to or in a in, in maybe the best position in my head, in the dynamic of the relationship with me and my all of that sort of yeah. stuff, to have the second baby. So it's obviously obvious what I'm saying. But anyway, through the conversations obviously decided we we've got him and I'm and, and I'm blessed and I'm so grateful that we do. But when the day of him being born, um it's about just to paint the picture, my first son had like the most easy pregnancy. It was it was easy all the way through. Um but with Bobby, um things just started going wrong straight away. Um, you know, there was bleeding, there was panic buttons getting pressed, there was six, seven nurses, doctors, whatever, running running around the room. Yeah, it was like a something out of a film or, or a TV series. It really was. And um I remember when she got rushed to the, the the C-section room. I got placed in like a little box room in the corridor. Just on my own. Just left there on my own. Door closed. And for about 20 minutes I just sat there not knowing what was going on. Like, um, heart rate was dropping. It was all, you know what I mean? Unexpected. Sounded scary. Um, and yeah, for about 20 minutes I just completely, I think, held the blame of everything that was going on right there. On the weight of my shoulders for the words I put out into the universe. At that point, I wasn't sure if I was going to get to the cor- end of the corridor and, and, and then have a second son. Do you know what I mean? That's what it was looking like. So, um, yeah, I was in there. I remember texting um, their nan, so the mum's mum, and sort of tried filling her in. And, yeah, I can just remember my whole eyelids just being full of tears. And then just to finish the story in a happy ending, got called down. Someone ran down and said, you've got to be quick unless you're going to miss it. By the time I got down, he'd already come out. But obviously then, it didn't matter. He was healthy, do you know what I mean? Sorry, can I, I, I want to ask you something because I picked up on something you said before you told us that story. You said, this might put me in a, a negative light. Why, why did you say that? Well, you know, people are pro-life. Um, it's quite a thought. Like, even my family will not like hearing this, like... It's a touchy subject for some really, really close people to me. Something happened in my past where I promised myself that if I get myself in a position where, you know, I get a, a woman pregnant, then, then if it's their decision to stand by and have the kid, then I'll stand by it. Like, and obviously the first time, the first time I had my son, that was that was the case. But, yeah, I, I did kind of disappoint myself looking back in hindsight for that one. But, um, yeah, it's very thought-provocative is, is the reason why that whole conversation, like, it's not something I'd want to touch on, but seeing as the whole point of this podcast is to get deep, I thought I'd give you a little bit of my vulnerability in it. How do you look at that now? Now, again, you've got two beautiful children, but when you look back at that kind of situation over your your second child, how do you, how do that perceive in your, in your brain? Um, well, obviously, I'm very grateful. I mean, I don't know if you've, anyone seen my sons or, or whatnot, but, my eldest is beautiful. He looks like a little girl. He's stunning. Um, don't know how he's related to me, to be honest. If I'm perfectly honest, but Bobby, he's he's my double. You know what I mean? He's he's like a little version of me. He's got the same hairline. He's got my teeth. Everything. It's crazy. Um, even from the 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 scan photos, he looked like he was gonna look like me. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah. It's just it's it's mad. If had I got that version of me's wish, then. No, I mean, half my heart wouldn't be here right now. I, 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 I don't know. So, yeah, that's what I can say. Yeah. Sonny, every, everything you've achieved in your life, and I'm not, like I said, talking from a boxing sense, but just 
partly boxing, but also just things that you've accomplished and overcome in your life, do you feel like everything has come with a fight? Is it, I'm assuming for you nothing's been kind of given to you on a plate. Do you feel like every achievement you've had has had to, you've had to fight for, basically? Um, in the sense of like me and having to go and then go out there and get it, yeah. I've had to fight, I guess. I've been fighting my whole life since I was nine years old, regularly, <laughs> three times a week pretty much sometimes. Um, but I'll be real, I, I would have to disagree a bit with the not getting given nothing on the plate because um, even though at some points I weren't the biggest fan of, of, of everything, not I always wanted to box and when I didn't, I didn't, but I was lucky enough that my dad took boxing seriously with us from young. Like, there's no, like, when you think, when we look back and think about it, there's there's no surprise that me and my brother both won a world title. At all, like we've been training, like some pros have since we was like nine, ten years old. Um, they're, they're every single day, um, six days a week. Sorry, maybe even sometimes Sundays running as well. Some like running six miles from kids. Like we're training like little pros from young. No wonder why I was winning everything. Cause we've always been good. Um, so in that sense, we did kind of get it because how many kids? Oh, pretty much. What kids do have a dad that? didn't mind sort of frying away his business and his thing because he was obsessed with with the boxing like and and he put that first put it first of everything um pretty much put himself broke doing it sold all his cars business weren't running because he used to be there till six and now he picks us up from school at three and we're in boxing and we get home at seven spending all his money up and down the country hotels like so yeah in 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 some ways he was he was he was, he was he was hand gifted that, to be perfectly honest. Like, there's no surprise that me and my brother are at a decent enough level where they're probably we can probably always win world titles depending on the opposition. Do you know what I mean? Because we like we'll be that good because we've been built for this. Um, but yeah, obviously since then my whole adult life I've been on my own. I'll be real. Um, so everything I've done at eighteen, I moved out to Sheffield, and then now to twenty six. Like, I've been doing it myself. Ain't no one been sending me £50 a week or nothing. You know what I mean? It's, it's all been off my back. So, yeah, I guess that's been a fight. There was times... Well, I didn't... I, I never needed a budget. There was times I just had to go without. You know what I mean? It was like I just had to calculate what, what was in the budget as it, as it come down. There was times when I was literally living off fight purses. There was times I was waiting weeks and weeks for student finance to drop. Like, that was the reality of it. Like, I never moaned, I never complained, I never bitched, I never fucking, you know, lost sight. It's all going to come. Like, I could go now. I could go all the way broke now. Like, I know I could, like... Because, yeah, I might like nice things and, you know, drive a nice car or, or have, like, nice clothes and or whatever, like... But, like, for me, that don't make you happy. It don't make you even any more as a person. Because I like how it looks in the mirror, you know what I mean? Or... or, or how it drives or, or where, how it looks on your wrist or whatever it is. Um, but I could go broke tomorrow and I could still exist and I could struggle and I could I could scrimp and I could save and I could live a very l- low-needed life. Like, I know I can and I, and I love that for me. I love that I can, like, like, I wouldn't lose my head if I lost all the material shit, you know what I mean? If that stopped and people started looking at you different because you ain't got no money no more and shit like that. I don't, like... Fine, so be it. Like, for me, it's never been about that. For me, I want to create a legacy. I want, I want, I want people to 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 remember what I did and when I did it and who I did it with. You know what I mean, I, I want to build something, and you know the facts that we're talking about now, and the level of conversations and the sort of planned routes that I'm maybe putting fighters together that is looking likely. You know, I could be, I could be a superstar in boxing in my eyes with the right next three, four fights. Like, generally, I could be up there with some of the names if I, if I beat the right fighters and put in the performances I know I'm capable of. Where does your your fight spirit come from? Where does that where does that originate from and where does it come from? Like, I'm talking from a, sorry, say, a spiritual way, but, mm. I mean, where does Sonny Edwards' fight spirit come from? My competitiveness single-handedly like my toughness didn't exist 
My, I used to get punched with what well, one punch and start crying and frustrated. I used to get frustrated more than anything, but like I've never liked taking a shot. I always used to avoid it. I've actually started like taking shots more now. Like I don't care. Like if anything, I kind of buzz off it a little bit. It's weird now, half like sadistic, but everything is just a competitiveness. I hate losing. I'm a, I'm a, like I'm I'm so competitive. I hate losing that much that I have to do everything fair. Like, I can't cheat. I don't want no cheat. I don't know. Like, little 1%, 3% grey areas. Like, everything needs to be across the board fair. Otherwise, I don't get nothing out of it. Like, I am so competitive that we could play, like, play rock, paper, scissors. And I can already see my son's the same. Every single time we'll get on FaceTime or every time before bed or any time he's here, like, we'll have to play, like, three, four, five games of rock, paper, scissors. And if he wins, he's dancing, calling loser, loser, calling daddy a loser. What, that aggravates you? It doesn't aggravate me. What I'm saying is, like, he's already me in real. All right, so like, sorry. No, I thought but, you were saying that that annoyed no, you, and I was like, yeah. no, but like when I beat him, he has to play again. Like he gets ag- like he he gets aggravated, and as a kid, that's what I was like. Like he's me again. Like but so competitive, like to the fault. Like generally, I'm so competitive in all aspects of my life. That's like why maybe I like something. I just like being competitive. I like competing. I like the game. I see life as this whole game. I'll be real. I know it sounds like a bit like fucking conspiracy hour and that, but I'd like, I don't see it as anything more than that because you're here today, gone tomorrow, and no one really cares about the in-between. Like, I just, yeah, I just, I just enjoy it. I just enjoy it. I don't try and overthink it too much. Um, yeah. Do you ever feel like you're having to fight demons? It's a deep question. That's dark, isn't it? Fight demons. Um, I don't know. I don't know about demons. Um, I can get in my own head sometimes. I've got my own insecurities of... What are those insecurities? Um, no, because my mind works quite quick. Like, I read into things, but, like, I don't sit there and get, like, obsessed over them. Like, I'll just put things together in my head draw the conclusion and then kind of manoeuvre from that, like, and maybe I'll ask if I feel like the need to ask and then try and, but sometimes I just don't, sometimes I just, I'll assume and, you know, I might just, if I think things aren't adding up, I've got a good memory and I've also got a very logical brain, so the moment two things, you know what I mean, contradict each other, you could have said them weeks and months and years sometimes apart, but the moment a bit of existing memory is contradicted by some new, like my brain catches it and stuff like that. Like I don't, I don't like being in friendships or relationships or in anything, even like working relationships where them things happen. So maybe that's one of them. I don't like being lied to. I'm quite on it as well. I think I read people quite well. Um, so I guess them sort of things, I guess. But like I'm not like an insecure person and also even if I get them like weird thoughts that everyone gets when they're insecure they would never lead to weird action I've got a very good filter I've, I know what's acceptable and I know also I know how to play the game like if you're say say let's say we're talking about a girl here say if you're overfeeling them and now you're insecure in the set so obviously they're not feeling you as much the worst thing in the world you could do is keep running towards that girl if anything you slowly walk away from him do you know what I mean you just edge off back off like and I know how to act you know what I mean? I know how to, you know what I mean? Not everyone's for you. Can't force no one to want you or like you or care about you or be your friend. So you don't try in it. You just put the olive branch out and if it snaps, then you go about your business, innit? You, you fight, and again, I mean this in both sense of the term from a kind of boxing term, but also outside of that as well. Like you fight for your, your kids and you fight for your family, et cetera, et cetera. Um, who fights for you? Who 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 fights for Sonny Edwards? Who backs you? Who's in your corner outside of the ring? I think I've got a lot, I've got a lot of people I could sit here and start reeling some off. Some names that people would know, some that they wouldn't. I've got people that, you know, just, just mean something to me. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and can support me and I can ask advice on, on whatever. Um... But the obvious ones, you're Grant Smith, um, just, uh, all the Steel City gym boys, you know, Dalton, the, the, 
the Tucker, I could just name all of them, you know what I mean, that's just a whole group, like, they're definitely fighters for me, they're definitely supporting, we push each other, um, you know, I've got my friends that, you know, no matter where I'm fighting, I've got people that are travelling across seven hour flights to come and watch me fight, and when I go to Mexico, I'll probably do the same, I've got people that have been sponsoring me, and supporting me, and making sure I've been good, and, um, loads of people, um, my family, obviously, obvious ones, friends, I could, I could sit here and name loads, but I think I've got a lot of people that do want to see me do well, I think I've got a lot of people that, I don't know, maybe they've realised that I'm good food, so, you know, they want, you know what I mean, they're, they're, they're helping, they're supporting, they're, they're pushing, they're, I don't know, like, I feel it, you know what I mean, there's a lot of people, and I feel like it's organic, I'm not a bum, so I kind of want, you know, try and get people to, you know, do things they don't want to or say things they don't want to. Like, it's, for me, it's all organic. Anything you see or anyone saying, doing about me, like, it's not been preempted. I've not, like, it's just not the way I am. You know what I mean? I don't, like, I don't even need, like, I can have good friends that I could win a world title and they didn't put one tweet out, put one post out, didn't even message me, well done. But, like, I don't, I don't need them to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, because my... My existence isn't that fragile, do you know what I mean, where, like, my head would fall off for stuff like that, and I would, like, because everyone's got their own life, there's been times where I've, you know, over-skipped important birthdays, or, or, you know, you know what I mean, not been there, like, maybe should have, I try to be, but, you know what I mean, sometimes it happens, it's life, and it's when I don't take it too personally, but, yeah, I don't, I don't try and put my life on anyone else too much, I guess that's what I'm trying to say here, like, I don't even know how to call people most of the time. Like, I don't really reach out to people. Like, I can just exist, and if anyone wants to shout at me, I'm there. Like, I'll be real. Like, that's probably what it is, more than anything. So I know who actually wants to... That's probably another one of my insecurities. I don't like overstaying my welcome or, or not being wanted somewhere in it. I don't like that. I don't like not being wanted in a conversation. I don't like... So I'm very, like, high-key on stuff like that. You know what I mean? The moment I feel like the vibe's not there, then... Jetting in it, like I won't stink your, stink up the place with my my presence. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm big on that. Not overstaying your welcome. I think that was how I was raised, though. You know what I mean? So when you go and in people's houses, like you know when when it's time to go. You know what I mean? Don't overstay your welcome. I feel like you're telling me no, 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 that not, story. Not actually, not you can stay. I told you you can stay. I've got a spare I'm bedroom. Joking, I'm joking. I've only got a spare bedroom. You can stay. Um. Outside of you fighting in the ring, what what are you most scared of? What frightens you? Something happening to my kids, me not being able to do nothing about it. Um, something happened to them, <laughs> something happening to their mum. Because I think I'd be lost <laughs> with full jurisdiction of two kids. Um, losing someone that I love. Um, not getting the chance to achieve my dreams. Achieving my dreams, that's in my hands, isn't it? Not getting the not getting the chance would kill me. Um, Do you think about these things? Do these things play in your mind every day? Nah. Nah, I feel like... What I like about boxing is, even if they rob you, even if you lose your titles in the ring, like as long as the general consensus is... Like, it doesn't matter. Everything else it, like Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you could get robbed, and then that's the best thing that's ever happened to your career. Because now you're like, you know what I mean, so, like, I, I don't, I don't sit and dwell, and I also, because when I think I know how good I am, and also I respect and appreciate the sacrifices, the physical ability, the years people have put in all around the world in other boxes from other countries. Like they're elite fighters for a reason. Like I don't just sit in this cloud thinking. Oh, yeah, no one can ever punch me. Do you know what I mean? No one can ever hurt me. Or like, so th- there might be a time. Any time I get in there with, there might be. I might lose. Like, I do that. I'll be like, when I'm going, f- when I'm processing everything, I try and think where I'm gonna be if I win. How I win. I went, like I try, like I kind of probably just quickly shoot down like every possible outcome. But just like, just each one once. You know what I mean? Just to, to think like, I don't sit there and dwell. Like I said. Like, I like it, I like boxing, I like the entertainment, I like the life I live. I feel so lucky and blessed that 
I don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life and I live a lifestyle and, and seen things and met people and experienced things that someone my age like would only dream of. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm blessed. I don't it might not always go my way. It has so far. Do you know what I mean? It's been good so far. Eighteen and nine world champion, number one in the world, all of that. Got massive fights and hopefully a massive future lined ahead. But that's not promised. Boxing is boxing. I I know that. Like I I know the dangers of it. So you enjoy the good times. You know what I mean. You hope they last forever. Um, you, you know what I mean. You prepare. You prepare for the bad times. It's always around the corner, isn't it? But yeah, I don't I don't dwell on it. Like I like boxing. If someone beats me. I promise you, if someone beats me fair and square, I'll be the first one giving them their, their, their flowers. I'll be the first one to shake their hand because that is what they have earned out of me. They've earned that respect. They've earned that, yeah, you bested me. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. Right, final one. What drives that fight within you? What drives it? Same as before. I'm just so competitive. I'm so competitive. I like doing things that people tell me I can't do. Like, I love fighting the fighters that they're telling me that I can't beat. Like, they're the ones I want. Um, I, I want to provide a life for my kids and opportunities from, you know, where we can be the trust fund kids. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't come from nothing. We come from fucking spitting sawdust and hard work and fucking working class families council estate I was born into and then I lived fucking about 500 metres from a sewage plant in in our house, you know what I mean it's like, don't come from nothing so I would love to have my, be able to give my kids something and, and hopefully their kids something and failing that because at the end of the day that's just all material at the end of the day um, obviously you want to provide better but even if it's just, just just a legacy, some you know my kids can look back at and be proud of that. You know, that was my that was my dad. Then that was my granddad. Do you know what I mean? I think you only die when the last person stops speaking about you, innit? So yeah, I don't know. Just saying that lasts. Like, what else is there? You know, I'm in a position where I can do it. No matter what happens from this day, I can never win a fight again. If you go into the history books, IBF world champion at one point was me. So. I'm there, British champion, same. Um, so I've already etched like a little tiny piece of boxing history, but I want a much bigger plaque. I want a much, much bigger plaque when it comes to the end. I've never heard that before, but I'll just listen to a quote you said. You only die when the last person stops speaking about you. Is that the quote you just said to me? Where's, yeah. that, where's that from? I've never heard that. I think it's a play on a quote from a Disney film saying about when the last person remembers you. But that's kind of the way, like, yeah, the last the last person's ever mentioned someone's name, they're dead now, isn't it? And you never know when that might be. Um, if you do enough great, there's always a chance it might bounce, that bounce back in a random conversation somewhere. Um, I reckon my style, my body of work, I think there's not going to be too many that do it like me, done it like me, or will do it like me. I think I'll be like, even though right now I'm not a throwback fighter, but I think in like, not that future I will be considered a throwback fighter like that's just the way I box and if I keep doing what I'm doing how I'm doing it but just against the people they don't think I can do it against then I think I've got a good chance of going down as, as one of the best to ever do it and a lot of people say I'm deluded and a lot of people have every right to think that I mean I got put down by Marcel Braithwaite so they can think that but I know how good I am very very good and Anyone that's been in the ring with me waits and waits and waits above the conversations they have between each other. They know how good I am. Like, look, look, Coogan, I've been as outspoken and as confident and I've even fell out with many of people I've sparred with in my time. No one ain't ever come out and tried telling people what they've done to me in sparring. No one. Ever. Because <laughs> it doesn't happen, Coogan. Like, generally it doesn't. If it was up to me, I'd live stream and document every single spar. Every single spar. Because like, trust me, like, it, it is the same all the time. What you see, you don't even see a fraction of it on finite. That's the worst thing. There's so much better in sparring. Like, people would think of me as, like, a proper excited fighter in sparring. Like, my spars are wicked. Like, proper fights. Tear-ups and that. But, obviously, I want to win. Too bad when it, when it comes to finite. 
I just want to win so bad. And I just hope people, you know, respect that. I'm just such a fierce competitor that losing would just break my heart. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, Sonny, I appreciate your time as always, as I do. Um, yeah, I found this, uh, as I'm finding every week, this very insightful. Um, I feel like with you, you're very layered in all aspects. I think a lot of it we kind of see on that social media stage and that kind of from that interview perspective. But I feel like I still feel there's other layers that could be peeled back with you that sometimes maybe you hold back or whatever. But I think this has been a, a kind of good insight to you kind of outside of the the fight game, if you like. So I appreciate your time doing this. Nah, and I think in order to get to those layers, I'll be real. I'll probably need to speak to a therapist. I don't think, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm qualified enough to start unpacking them. So I just don't even bother. Do you know what I mean? There probably is a few that could do with sieving through, but I think that's everyone in it. It is mad though. Like, you know, what I mean, everyone. You know, you, you want to get fit or you go to the gym, but people when they want to heal their minds, what do they do? Suppose that's the only thing you can do in it. So maybe who knows. After, I feel like this has been this has been like a a low key therapy session. I feel good after this. Yeah. Got some things off my chest and yeah, I can't wait to get absolutely hammered in the comment section. Like you care about that. Thank you very much and uh yeah, we'll catch you next week on Raw the Fight Within. Thank you for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.